when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, and at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with a new wine. But Peter Standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what the prophet was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy." And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. In the time before a hurricane strikes on the Texas Gulf Coast where I was raised, that period before it hits the shore is called the quiet time. It is the quiet before the storm. This is the quiet before the storm of annual conference. <laughs> I relish in the quiet before the storm. Thank you, Boston Avenue, for having us. And Dr. Biggs, thank you for inviting me uh, to come and share this morning. And for those of you who are dreading that you missed Dr. Biggs, come back tonight. Uh, you have a chance to make up for it. All right. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh. On me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. 
melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Amen. I firmly believe that if you ask the average Christian to say something about God the Father, most people would have no problem elaborating about the Creator who keeps the stars on their course and holds the universe in the hollow of his hand. After all, you have to only go four words deep in the Bible to discover the essence and the author of life. For Genesis 1.1 says, God, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Yes, we know that God. It's the same God that James Weldon Johnson spoke of in his sermon, The Creation, when he wrote, And God stepped out on space, and as far as the eye of God could see, darkness covered everything, blacker than a hundred midnights, down in a cypress swamp. We know that God. We know something about him. And if you were to ask the average Christian to share something about God the Son, Oh, we could chime in on that as well because we know him as the one who came to earth, proclaimed himself the resurrection and the life. We could say quite a few things about him because he's known by many names, the good shepherd, the lily of the valley, Rose of Sharon. Oh, we know that name. As one songwriter, William Gaither wrote, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there's something about that name. We know that name. We know him to be our Lord and our Savior. But if you ask the average Christian to say something about God, the Holy Spirit, oh, that's when most would begin to squirm and feel a bit uncomfortable. Because, you see, the Holy Spirit remains something of a mystery to most of us. We can't articulate a lot about the Holy Spirit because we really don't know that much about it. Where does it come from? How does it look? When is it present? We've all heard the amusing story of the kindergarten class, the Sunday school class, that were given the assignment of learning the Apostles' Creed. Each student had to memorize a sentence of that creed. And on the big day of the recital, when they were all lined up in front of the church, parents anxiously waiting, smiling, and very proud, watching. And then it started, the first student said, I believe in God the Father Almighty. And then the second one said, and I believe in the maker of heaven and earth. And then the third one said, and in Jesus Christ is only Son our Lord. But when the creed got to the sentence or to the person who was to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, there was stunned silence. Because you see, that kid had called in sick that day. <laughs> he was not there. And after what seemed like an eternity, the next child hollered out, Where's the boy who believes in the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Where? 
my question this morning is, where are the Christians who believe in and can tell us something about the Holy Spirit? Or could it be that we too would rather call in sick on that day when it comes to trying to explain something about which we don't know? If you don't remember anything else I say today, remember this. The simplest way to explain it, my brothers and sisters, is this. The Holy Spirit is God in action in this hour day. The Holy Spirit comes from God. It's a part of God. And anytime you see the term Holy Spirit or just Spirit with a capital S, you can easily substitute the word God without doing any harm to the meaning. However, Holy Spirit or Spirit is more than just a synonym for the Most High. Let me explain it this way. You see, God did not disappear after the sixth day when he created the moon, the stars, and all that is. Nor did God cease to be present when Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after the resurrection. The disciples were told back told to go back to Jerusalem and wait for a new kind of presence, a new kind of power that would be with them always. As far back as the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, Jesus tried to prepare them for the coming of the Spirit, for he told them, the Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. But they didn't hear that. They were not the brightest bulb on the tree. It went in one ear and out the other. But they went back to Jerusalem as they were instructed. And I like this verse for today. And when they were all together in one place, on one accord, the scripture tells us that without warning, there was a sound of a strong wind. Eugene Peterson's message translation calls it gale force wind. No one could tell where it came from. And Peterson goes on to describe the flames that descended upon them as being like wildfire. Hmm. Gale force wind, wildfire. They could have been in Oklahoma. <laughs> but they weren't. They were white where God wanted them to be, in that room, to see God in action. And this is what this Sunday is all about. It tells us, it reminds us, it commemorates the day when God once again stepped into the lives of people like you and me. People who had a symbol in that room and a movement began unlike any other movement in the history of the world. But the point is, these strange and mysterious things did not stop happening on the day of Pentecost. God is still in action still stepping into our lives each and every day. And without warning, the Spirit still comes. And even now, unexplainable things still happen. 
oh, there might not always be the gust of wind or the tongues of fire, but I can assure you the Spirit is at work. And although you may not be able to see it or feel it, it always leaves a mark of its presence. It's not a matter of when the Spirit will come. It's a matter that the Spirit is already here. But I found out one thing in all these years of ministry about the Spirit. You must invite it. You must welcome it. You must look for it. That probably explains why I go to a lot of churches and the Spirit is not there. Growing up in Houston as a little boy, one of the most fascinating places to go with my dad was to Union Station downtown on Crawford and Texas Street in Houston. As a matter of fact, that's where the Astros have built their stadium over Union Station. That's why you see the little train. Every time a home run is hit, the little train runs across the track in Minute Maid Park. The train doesn't run too often these days. But... But that's where it is. It's in Union Station. And when I was a little boy, I, my dad would take me to Union Station. And, and boy, when you get out of the car, there these Corinthian columns that start here. and look like they went all the way up to the sky. For a little boy, it was fascinating. And when you walked inside, it was even better. Because they had these huge black and white squares that went from wall to wall, huge squares. And on every square there were the pews, the benches, where the passengers sat. And when you looked up, all around the station, there was a mural of Texas history, all the way from the Tejas Indians, all the way around Union Station, all the way to Spindletop, where oil was discovered in Beaumont, Texas in 1901. All, all the history was there. It was magnificent. But as good as that was, it got even better when you walked outside where the silver trains were all lined up, ready to go, some coming in, and you could hear and see the steam coming from every engine. Oh, it was fascinating. And if you got there in time, if you were lucky enough, you could hear the conductor or the man put his little bench out there and say, All aboard! Oh, it was just amazing. Chill bumps still run up and down my back when I hear that. But I had a problem at nine. How did these trains know where to go? They didn't have a brain. How did this train know to go from say, to St. Louis and Chicago? How did this one know to go to San Antonio and Los Angeles? Or this one to New Orleans and Atlanta? And so I asked my dad one day, how do these trains know where they're going? And on one visit, my, my dad took me and we walked away from the station a little bit. And we got far enough out. And he turned me around. He said, son, there's a dispatcher at the top of the station. That dispatcher is controlling everything that happens here. He's controlling the trains that go out and the trains that come in. The dispatcher, son, is up there. 
I never, ever saw the dispatcher. But I always saw the results of his work because the trains left and they came in. God is the great dispatcher. And the Holy Spirit is the conductor that controls our lives. And my brothers and sisters, you can always tell where it's been. Because whether you know it or not, it's there in your most joyous moments. It's there in your deepest need. When I went back to Texas in 2006 to bury my mother, I didn't know how I was going to get through that. But the Holy Spirit was there. When I went back again in 2009, the Holy Spirit was there when I buried my father. When we went to Lafayette, Louisiana to bury my wife's mother last year, matriarch of a family, the Spirit was there. When we find ourselves on mountaintops or in valleys, the Spirit is there when we find ourselves in hospital rooms and in trials and in the course of our lives, the Spirit is there. When we think that all hope is gone, the Spirit is always there. All you need to do is invite it in. For Paul sums it up so well in Romans 8 when he writes, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't even know what to pray for or how we ought to pray. But the Spirit makes intercessions for us when all you can do is just groan from the pain and you can't even find words and you just groan from within the spirit is there and it prays for you and Paul says God knowing the mind of the spirit is able to interpret what you're praying for. That's a pretty good deal. It really is. Dwight Moody was the most famous evangelist in the world from the period of 1875 to 1900. His fiery sermons always contained a heavy dose of the Holy Spirit, leading one critic to say, Mr. Moody seems to think he has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. And Moody's friend replied, I don't know about that, but it occurs to me that the Holy Spirit might have a monopoly on him. And when one convert asked Mr. Moody, why is it you always say we need to be filled again and again with the Holy Spirit? Moody said, because we leak. We leak. It comes to us the moment we most need it. The story is told of a mother and her son who went to the nearby lake for him to swim. A young boy, expert swimmer, jumped into the water. The only other person there was a fisherman down the way fishing. He went out too far, and on his way back, he got tired. 
And he started fighting the water and going under and coming back up and going under and coming back up. And finally, the mother got hysterical and called the fisherman for help. He he came running down to her. And as the boy was fighting the water and calling for help, she said, go, go, save him. And the fisherman took his shoes off and just stood there. And finally, he jumped into the water and went out and brought him back and they revived him. And when it was all said and done, she said, why didn't you go when I asked you to? He said, if I had gone then, he was still too strong. I had to wait till he got to his weakest moment to bring him in. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When you get to your weakest moment, it is there. When you get to your moments of joy, it is there. These 12 disciples went back to that room, to Jerusalem. Their joy was gone. Their master was gone. He had ascended into heaven. They watched him go up. What will become of our ministry and our mission? Go back and wait. Wait till you get to the weakest moment. Wait till there are no answers to your problems. And then invite the Holy Spirit in. And it will come. And you may not even know it. But you will certainly know when it leaves. Because you'll be stronger and better. Come. Holy Spirit, we need you.